right, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Rebel Weather Calls. I'm your host, Eric, and joining me this evening, Liberty Twitter's second favorite truck driver, the one and only Reed Coverdale. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, man. I, uh, I am second to Tommy Sammons, you're correct. So. Oh, oh, the, 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 the stats have changed. It was uh, Top Lobster, Tommy Sammons, Reed. So. As long as Top Lobster's not first, I don't care. You know, you know, okay, I got you. So, <laughs> where does Quincy line up in that? Uh, is he? He's got to be in the top three at least. Uh, at least, I mean, I. It's kind of like I, I don't know the the top spot. It probably depends on the day, uh, but you know, I think he's always in the top three without a doubt. Yep, he'll he'll have to post another picture of him eating ass, I guess. To the timeline, yeah. he has shoot him straight to the top. I do. I, I I keep those private, so. You know. <laughs> well, we're not gonna let Clint know. It's like that was the one thing Stacy didn't dox, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, Clint and I have a very open relationship, so you know we we don't hide anything from each other. So yeah, there you go, no secrets. <laughs> yeah. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, man, uh, you run the uh, the Naturalist Capitalist podcast. Uh, there for a long time, it was only available on YouTube, but you've uh, since then branched out and got some of the audio going on all the podcatchers now. So, how, how's that been for you? It's been good. I still have, I think, a larger YouTube audience than anything else, but um, I'm trying to diversify because I had, you know, like 20,000 followers on Twitter a couple yeah. months ago, and then that got nuked, and I was like, wow, I've got 200 followers on Instagram, and I've got, you know, 15 followers on Facebook or whatever it was, and I was like, all right, I've got to start, you know, pushing people everywhere because I'm the type of guy who's probably going to get disappeared from time to time from different uh, – <laughs> platforms but yeah mostly youtube still but i am on uh, anchor so all the podcasts that come out of anchor i think it's like apple uh spotify and then there's a few others um and then i, I also have an odyssey account all my youtube stuff yeah. just goes right over to odyssey immediately but it, it's working out well well that's good to hear uh we definitely have to be diversified because at any moment one of us can get the band hammer and then it's, it just all goes away so yeah, <laughs> luckily sure. that hasn't happened to me too much. I've only had like maybe one or two episodes removed from YouTube uh, for, you know, COVID misleading stuff, which is now all being reported on by CNN, uh, oddly enough, you know, but yeah. I have yet to get an apology from anybody. So yeah, the, the apologies only go one way, uh, they go yeah. come back down. So <laughs> yeah, even then it's like, if you, if you do get the apology, it's on like page 19 you know, buried in like a little sub paragraph somewhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've, uh, I've been really lucky on YouTube. I've only had one video taken down and I really pushed the envelope on there. Like we've openly talked about all the things you're not supposed to talk about. Uh, and I, a lot of my videos are actually still monetized. I don't know how that's possible, but been pretty lucky there. But, uh, after yeah. I, got, it was actually like a day after I got banned on Twitter, I got a video taken off of YouTube at the same time. So I was, really nervous there for a little while uh but it seems like they're letting up again lately on me at least so i don't know what that's all about yeah it's it's kind of strange i guess if you can keep the uh the swear words and the n-bombs down to a minimum in the first five minutes then they don't really care after that at least that's <laughs> as much as most of us have uh have uh, divulged from the algorithm of secrets you know yeah yeah my most recent uh testing of free speech has been over on getter which yeah. is hilarious if anybody hasn't checked out Reed on, on Getter. <laughs> um, it's, uh, 
it's very hard to get banned. That's what I found. They just remove. I've had I don't even know at this point probably like twenty posts taken down, but they don't seem to ban you. They just like remove anything that you say that yeah. they don't like. Um, and I think it's kind of cloaked in taking down slurs. So if you if you say faggot or retard or whatever, they'll take a post down if it's politically uh, pushing a certain message too. Because I really tested that because I put out tweets with those slurs in them and they wouldn't get taken down unless I was saying something that yeah. right-wing Twitter would not approve of. So I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I haven't uh, really tested it out too much. Uh, I want to get on there and start uh, just calling Trump a war criminal over and over again and see what see if I get the uh, the same treatment I got on Parler, which yeah. I, I got completely banned off of Parler. <laughs> I can't wait for uh, Trump's Truth Social or whatever it's called. That's going to be interesting. I wonder how long it'll last on there. I don't I don't think very long. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the road to Providence with Dave Brady. Uh, Osama bin Laden would be more tame about Israel on Getter than Reed. <laughs> Well, that's true because he's dead. So I don't. Yes, think very. Down there. <laughs> oh, where's Ryan Dawson with his bill? Oh, we're just gonna mute it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, every now and then when I sign into TikTok, I'll I'll see uh, Ryan Dawson videos on there every once in a while, and it's like, oh, that's right, I do follow him over here. Yeah, that that's one area that I can't believe he's on. Like I'm like, I mean, because he's banned from like almost everything, but he's on TikTok. It's just like. What? Like, <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> yeah, I have kind of noticed on the videos that he does on TikTok, they're they're a little more measured. He doesn't actually like you know go for the jugular with with some of the stuff, but he'll just like pull up history and then it was like and then just drop the video right there at thirty seconds. It's like not really enough time for him to really get into it, I guess. But yeah, every once in a while I'll see a video of his pop up just out of nowhere. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot Ryan's over here. Yeah, yeah. The thing with Ryan is like. He used to be a little bit more tame and a little bit like if you watch his videos from 10 years ago, he's a different person. Like he's first of all, he's way happier and like way more chill and less yeah. upset all the time. But uh, then he just got throttled. So he went a little bit insane, I think. And then on top of that, he just doesn't give a fuck anymore. So he'll just instantly say stuff where it's like, whoa, 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 Ryan, like, you know, chill, like try to be on this platform for at least two <laughs> days. But like he just doesn't care anymore because he's been nuked off of everything so um it's a little it's hard to like hold him back but i'm glad I, i'm not on tiktok so i'm glad to hear that he's uh you know, he's he's controlling himself over there a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's a good thing that you're not there it's a gigantic time suck too so <laughs> it's like there there's some people on there that are genuinely funny and uh and that's what i like crave so they, they have this one it's like this uh this rapper who does like weird uh beats he goes, mm -hmm. this this came into the studio today, and it's like the guys like talk about ten roaches that live with him, and it's just his faces. I like die laughing every time I see it, and the next thing you know, I've watched like nine of them in a row. And then I'm like, okay, that was an hour. I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've already got enough uh, time. Uh, you know, I, I've got enough black holes that suck up my time with all the other platforms I'm on now. Because now I'm on Twitter, Getter. Uh, get, uh, what is it? Gab. Um, what else? Um, Float, and then Odyssey and YouTube, and now I've got a Patreon and I've got Locals. So I'm, I'm like all over the place. So that, I mean, that's way too much for me to handle already. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. right there. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's like just one morning I can just see you just like it's like you know what? If they're not gonna ban me off of Getter, fuck them. I'm just gonna delete the account. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't. 
I really don't like Getter because it's getting like raving reviews from conservatives. And it's like, it's because you're not saying anything over there that conservatives will disagree with. Like, right. I mean, I've only had two posts taken down from Twitter. One was the one that got me banned before. Like on my old account, I never had a single post taken down. And I said a lot of shit that was like <laughs> definitely pushing the envelope. And then on my new account, uh, I said Kyle Rittenhouse did nothing wrong many, many times. But for some reason, one of them ended up catching the algorithm and I had to delete it to keep going. But um, I mean, Twitter has not been that bad to me where Getter has taken like 20 of my posts down. <laughs> so I think Getter's worse, personally. <laughs> yeah, I think that first night that everyone had downloaded it and got over there, I was like, I was seeing posts where somebody was like trying to put all, all of the uh, the slurs in there at once. And I was like, we can't let you post this. And then they, they were posting the screenshots of it, yeah, which was kind of getting around it. I was like, okay, I guess they're just going to head everybody off at the pass. I was like, yeah, yeah you just can't say the N-word on here. So. It was funny. Like, uh, you could say certain words if you had, like, quotes or brackets or parentheses around them or a period after them. Like, we were all figuring out all the little, like, ways <laughs> to get around the algorithm. It was kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, I think like you and Justin O'Donnell was uh, definitely there there for a little bit. I mean, I was just sitting back and just kind of laughing. I was like, I was like, man. And then you scroll on there, and then it's like a bunch of uh, Chinese propaganda too. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, the Chicoms—they're gonna get us. And it was like, oh. Unfortunately, history and economics like make that just completely retarded. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it it, it is interesting. Like, uh, I I actually got. Uh, the attention of some conservatives over there, which I was hoping to, because originally there wasn't any traction because it was all libertarians following each other. Yeah. And then eventually we were like, okay, we need to go comment on like Jack Posobiec's posts or, you know, uh, Steve Bannon or, you know, whatever. And so we started doing that. And then, you know, then we'd start getting the boomer cons uh, to come over and start arguing with us. And that, that was pretty fun. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what happened on parlor that got me kicked off too it was my episode with uh, scott horton about uh, war crimes in yemen oh yeah that'll uh, do it that'll do it yeah so i was like uh, just posted i was like okay and here for the proof that donald trump is in fact a war criminal here's scott horton for an hour while i just like ask a question and let him go <laughs> and i was very uh proud of myself i worked in one joke in the middle and that was it yep so. that's pretty good with scott like he's he's easy to just kind of wind up and go uh, a lot of guys are like that. I mean, Ryan, Scott, Dave, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, like most of the most of those people who are like encyclopedia minds like uh, Ryan or uh, Scott, you can just you, they don't even need notes or anything. You can just be like, hey, what happened in the Civil War? And Ryan could talk for like five hours without you asking him a question or looking at notes or anything. So, right. <laughs> Yeah, Ryan's definitely going to be another one that I'll have to get on the show. I just have to figure out which one of his accounts is the real thing. And then, you know, because at one point there was like a, a hot Japanese girl that he was uh, using the account as. Yeah. And that well, one kind of tripped me up. I was like, is that Ryan? And then the next thing you know, they're posting an anti-neocon report underneath it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's got to be him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, the naturalist capitalist. And uh, one thing that we found from Project Veritas uh, a while back was that they were going to shift the narrative from COVID over to uh, the environment and uh, climate change and everything else. Uh, do you think that's going to work? Because it doesn't really seem like the COVID hysteria is working now, now that we got CNN reporting on stuff that we were banned for earlier. 
I don't know. Um, I'm not convinced that the COVID stuff has lost all of its potency. It seems like it would have by now. Uh, but man, like here in Utah, it's a pretty red state. And in yeah. Salt Lake County, they're, they're, they're already mandating businesses require masks again. And they did that before. It never got bad. It was like, you know, last winter, there's probably 50% compliance or something. Um, yeah. And I just didn't wear a mask. I haven't worn a mask in Utah since, I don't know, it's been almost a year now. Um, but I, I went into a store yesterday and they wouldn't serve me. They told me I had to get a mask or leave. Oh my God. Uh, left. And I was just, I mean, that's what was discouraging. Not so much that the government was doing it again. Cause it's like, whatever, you know, you guys are idiots, but it's that they're still going to go along with it. You know, people are still like, okay, fine. And, <laughs> like, um, and I was talking to a relative today who's going for his fourth shot and he, oh, fully, no. he fully realizes that, you know, he's not scared at all about, um, covid he's not worried about getting really sick but he's just doing it to appease people so that you know he can go on with his life and i was like okay man but and he was saying like this is the last thing i'm not doing it anymore after this <laughs> like okay what well, you said that about the last shot you know and yeah i don't know so like it's it's one of those things opposing mandates is not enough like we have to be shifting the cultural opinion at this point which is something I've stayed out of mostly. Like if you watch my videos throughout last year and a half, I've really stayed away from judging people for wearing masks or getting shots or like, it's all been like, Hey, you do what you want to do. I'll do what I want to do. I almost feel like at this point we actually should be shaming people. It's like, come on, dude. Like this is, <laughs> yeah. this is stupid. And it's not, I mean, nothing's going to change until the public opinion shifts. So, um, I don't know. I guess I'm not 100% convinced we're done with it yet. Uh, I thought we were last year, like last summer when everything started opening up. I was like, oh, people are going to love this. They're going to love the fact that they can do whatever they want and there's no way they're ever going to, you know, fall for this again. Right. I think a lot of them did learn their lesson. Like a lot of people who fell for it the first time didn't fall for it this last time. And hopefully it's going to be the same again, like fewer and fewer people. But there's still like a chunk of the public that's still going for it, and it's enough to be annoying. Um, so, so hopefully that's over. But uh, as far as shifting it toward climate change, um, yeah, I mean, it does make sense that that would be the next thing. And, um, you know, what they'll do, I mean, I think there is climate change, but, you know, I think it's drastically exaggerated. Uh, and I think that, you know, I mean, the whole idea that, you know, we've got at this point, what, eight years left until it's irreversible yeah. and there's nothing we can do and we're all going to die. It's kind of like COVID, like COVID was a real thing, but, um, you know, the way it was exaggerated is how, you know, the, being the most deadly thing ever and that we needed to do this or everyone was going to die from it. I kind of look at it the same way. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think there's going to be a chunk of the public that just goes along with it like we need to you know get rid of all meat and you know gas burning vehicles and all this and that uh as long as the military can still have them you know as long as they can still fly their jets and you know move their aircraft carriers and everything that's fine but we need to get rid of farmer joe's tractor and you know right. his truck that he moves heavy equipment with and all that that's all gotta go um i could certainly see like a a good chunk of the public going along with that 
Yeah, it's especially when they uh, start up with the, uh, the the same images of the of the polar bears like having to swim for their food and everything. I, you know, I was a kid in the '90s when they started up this uh, global warming stuff right at, right. right then, and uh, it was like every year we got the. Uh, it's like oh, it's going to be you know five more years before we can't do anything about it. No, now here it is, 2021. And I'm still hearing the same thing. It was like, oh, yeah, you know, we've only got like 18 months or two years to fix this problem. And, you know, after that, it'll be irreversible. And then we'll all have to wear like solar suits when we go outside, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I, I posted a clip of Bill Maher today talking about how the left has like ruined science, basically. And it's so <laughs> true, like because the left... You know, like I, I criticize the right all the time for not being good on stuff they're supposed to be good on. They're supposed to be good on like smaller government, gun rights, and they're not. So I shit on them yeah. all the time. But the left is supposed to be like the more educated, more scientific crowd. And they have just completely thrown that out the window. Like that's gone. I mean, they have made science more of a religion than you know any other religion that exists in this country like it is you know believe what we have told you at all costs and do not deviate and you know they're treating scientists who dissent from the consensus yeah. the, way the church treated like copernicus and galileo I mean, you're a heretic and you have to be crushed and, you, have to, you know, like, it's like, do you guys ever look in a mirror and realize who you're acting like in history? Like the whole idea of science was that you were always supposed to welcome the opposition and say, okay, you have this idea, prove it to us. And if they could prove it to you, then you were supposed to take a look at it. If they were idiots that were just running their mouths off, then you let them try to prove themselves and they won't be able to. Right. But instead it's become this like, you know, this censorship campaign, if anyone disagrees with what we have decided is truth, we are going to politically destroy them. We're going to make it impossible for them to be accepted on, you know, the mainstream level. We're going to make sure they're banned off social media. It's just absolutely insane. And I, you know, I'm so mad about that because I'm someone who does appreciate science for all the, you know, all the incredible steps we've made in history and recent history and now we're here where we're going backwards you know it's just it pisses me off to no end <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially when dealing with the climate stuff because even as a kid i would poke holes in their stuff <clears throat> so they would say oh well you know air temperatures are rising i was like okay what's considered air temperature is it five inches from the ground 50 feet off of the ground you know six feet off of the ground where most people live you know where what are we what are we considering a temperature you know what are we considering that air temperature right there and it was like well i don't have the answer for that i was like you think you would yeah <laughs> you know just at least kind of know what you're talking about because the temperature like down at the ground and 50 feet above the ground are going to be completely different so yeah I, I saw bernie sanders tweet something out i think it was last week oh uh, boy you know that uh that fire that happened in boulder colorado took out like 600 homes and yeah, uh, thirty thousand. Uh, I think it was thirty thousand people were temporarily temporarily displaced. Uh, what that was was there were like hundred mile per hour winds that blew over some power lines that started a fire, and then yeah. there was this crazy wind that took out all these houses. And Bernie was saying, you know, this is an obvious sign of climate change. And I was like, how? <laughs> like power lines got blown over and started a fire in hundred mile per hour winds. 
it's like no offense, Bernie, but most of us have lived out in the West, and we all kind of know that the air is a little dry out there. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and I mean... if you get electricity hitting a dry tinder that's just laying on the ground in some of these cases, yeah, it's going mean... to go up pretty quick. You know how you'd have like the typical conservative denying climate change by saying like, hey, see, it's 20 below zero today. Are you saying that the world's getting warmer if it's 20 below zero? And the counter to that was, hey, you're conflating weather with climate. Right. But now Bernie did that exact thing on that tweet because that was the first yeah. of his tweet. The second half of his tweet was it was 70 degrees in Alaska the other day. It's like, Bernie, that's weather, not climate. <laughs> you know? like, I don't know. So they're. They, they don't have they don't really have a firm footing to stand on because I, I do think the earth is getting a bit warmer but the you know the, the things they've been wrong about the things they've lied about and the things that they have said like that that are the exact thing you're apparently not supposed to say on the other side it's just you know I don't know like I don't even know what to believe from them anymore <laughs> I don't, yeah. I mean, I've just lost any confidence in them. Yeah, Jack Spierko had a pretty good episode recently. It was like, uh, it was like, well, we know that the government, everything that they have, they stole from people. And uh, they lie about everything, too. And then he was getting pushback. He was like, well, they can't lie about everything. Obviously, at some point, they'll have to tell the truth about something. And he goes, yeah, but they're sticking a gun in your ribs. So that's obviously dishonest just from the start. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the most amazing climate change take I saw was that we need to remain allies with Saudi Arabia so we can fight climate change together. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, their idea is, oh, well, they they control OPEC, so we need to maintain, maintain a firm alliance so that we know that oil is being drilled responsibly and we can phase away from oil towards energy or I was just oh like, my god these these oh. people would have a shocker going over to the kingdom and seeing exactly how they drill yeah i mean um i think that opec itself is actually has pretty high standards but the countries that they take oil from like they take it yeah they don't from african countries all over the place that certainly <laughs> do not you know take care in how they harvest their oil and then on top of that you know they're arming terrorists around the world that perpetuate these wars. And if you think these wars don't, uh, you know, take a lot of energy to maintain and, you know, that we, the, the bombs that are dropped and the airplanes that are flying and the ships that are moving, yeah. like doesn't do anything to uh, destroy the environment. I'm not sure what planet you're living on. Unfortunately, it's the same one I am. So I have to live with you. <laughs> yeah. And Abby Martin did a, a pretty good piece on, uh, the U.S. military being the largest polluter on the planet. And uh, I remember they were making fun of this girl on TikTok who was basically saying the same thing, but she was doing like oh, this yeah, really uh, weird, funky yeah. dance with it. And I was like, I was like, all right, just don't pay attention to the weird dance moves. She, what she is saying is actually right, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm someone, regardless of what is accurate or inaccurate about climate change, I'm someone who does care a lot about the environment. I've been to most of the national parks in the country been to large parts of Canada, been up to Alaska and it's beautiful. And I think that, you know, when we're dumping toxic sludge in the rivers and in the ocean and, you know, like destroying large parts of forests and everything that, that sucks, but she's a hundred percent right. That if you're an environmentalist and you ignore the U S military's role in destroying the world, you are beyond ignorant. And there are so few people who point that out because, um, I mean, I used to work on power lines and, 
you know, a lot of these people who are opposing, um, you know, nuclear energy or uh, um, what's it called? Uh, hydro, you know, hydro energy through dams or whatever, they'd have no, they're shooting themselves in the foot because they'll be protesting uh, a nuclear power plant or power lines headed up to a hydro plant in Canada that could run all of New England. And so while they shut down that project from taking place, they don't realize they're actually keeping the coal plant open longer because it can't be supplanted <laughs> by something cleaner. Um, and they're the same. I mean, I, I think they don't actually care about doing what is going to, in the long run, protect the environment. They just like doing whatever makes them feel good at the moment, feel like they're opposing something. Right. They can't look two minutes ahead and they never look at the data. Like if you looked at the data, you would number one, want to shut down the Pentagon. If you were worried about like toxins in the ocean or sludge in the rivers, like, I mean, man, like you go around the country to a lot of these, uh, I forget what they're called. Uh, Abby talked about it in the video. Uh, super fund sites. Yeah. You go to those yeah. sites. Most of them are from military experiments. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, most of them are from the military. So I don't know. People need to wake up. Yeah, and as far as like nuclear power goes, uh, because we had to have bombs made dirty nuclear energy. Uh, if you would have switched everything to a thorium reactor, you can block all of the radiation with tinfoil. You know, it's a, and uh, you can have a nuclear fuel rod that will last over a hundred years uh, with thorium and everything, but you can't make a bomb out of it. So there was, you know, and that's that's the kind of stuff that I read about, and then I'm like, oh, this, mankind, you're just so dumb. <laughs> you yeah. know, if you had just done it this way, it would have been so much better. But you, you can't you can't help yourselves. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole thing surrounding nuclear is, is fascinating uh, on a couple levels. And this is something I actually disagree with a lot of libertarians about. Um, I do think it was, I, I will agree with most libertarians that I do think it was wrong to drop the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Like, I was absolutely murdering civilians. I think it's wrong in general to fight a war, but especially that, that's heinous. Yeah. That, that. But now that that has been done, like there's this huge push to, you know, we need to get rid of all nuclear weapons. I'm not so sure I'm on that front because we are at a point now where nuclear weapons have given us the closest thing possible to world peace. So the reason we haven't had another world war between Russia and the United States or China or whatever. Yeah, it's the mutually assured destruction. Exactly. It's because yeah. of nukes. So, I mean, yeah, all these proxy wars are terrible. Lots of people die in them and everything, but we are preventing destruction that is just immeasurable. I mean, imagine a world war nowadays with the technology we have, it'd be insane. So I'm actually not convinced that if we, if I could snap my fingers and get rid of all nuclear weapons that I would actually do it. I'm not convinced. Like I would, it's something I could possibly be convinced of, but I would need to sit down with a lot of people and have a long discussion. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. What is the result of this going to be? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the type of scenario that you would have to sit there and war game for days and going over every last little variable that you can even think of and then have somebody off in the corner, like taking notes, who's going to think of the stuff that nobody else in the room is thinking about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a, it's impossible to know, but man, like if you think about what nukes have prevented from happening in the later half of the 20th century and in the beginning of the 21st century. Like, I mean, if Iraq had actually had nukes, we wouldn't have invaded them. And yeah. why do I think that? Because we don't fuck with North Korea anymore. If right. Iran actually got nukes, we wouldn't fuck with them anymore. 
Like we don't fuck with people who have nukes. Um, yeah, know. it's almost at that point that's kind of like the prime directive. You know, if you're thinking about Star Trek, you know, they didn't want to talk to species that hadn't achieved warp drive. You know, and so right. it's kind of the same thing here on Earth. It's like, oh, if you don't have a bomb, then I, I guess we'll just view you as backwaters and we'll do whatever we want. And then as soon as North Korea gets a bomb, then you're like, okay, I guess we'll talk to, with you at the table. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like I kind of, you know, when you hear all these people saying like, well, I don't want Iran to get a bomb, but they can't get one. I'm like, well, first of all, I agree. They probably can't make one, but I'm not so sure I want them to not have a nuke. Like if Iran had a nuke, I think, you know, things would change in the Middle East. Like yeah. Israel has nukes. We have nukes. Uh, oh wait, that's the dirty secret. You're not supposed to let that one out. That Israel has like 400 yeah, nuclear weapons. Or that they fucking stole them from us. Yeah, in yeah. The <laughs> 60s. <laughs> um, yeah, none of that's that that definitely never happened. But um, I mean, if Iran got nukes, I think you know a lot of demographics over there would start changing, and I'm not sure that would be a bad thing for them to have them. So I don't know. Like libertarians are super anti-nuclear weapon, and I understand why. But I think if they think about it a little bit more, they might realize at least that it's a complicated subject and maybe they've actually played a role in preventing yeah. the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not to be uh, dismissed out of hand. I mean, there's a lot of thought process, a little bit of uh, conversation it's going to have. And, like, and sometimes I'll, I'll get like the pushback about uh, anarchism and everything. I was like, well, what's going to happen with the nukes? I was like, well, we all agree that that's a bad thing uh, to be in the hands of the wrong people. So again you know that's going to have to be a long discussion about who's going to get them who's going to dismantle them and everything else so yeah yeah never said it was perfect or neat sometimes anarchy is going to be a little bit messy but uh, hopefully not that messy <laughs> yeah i mean the thing about anarchy or or even like less government is it's not going to solve everything like the uh housing crisis of 2008 if all the banks had not been bailed out People would have lost a lot of money, yeah. you know, so it was it would have been horrible. Like a lot of people would have been super fucked. But it's like even the dot com bubble in the 2000s, you know, right. when, that, when that crashed, there was a lot of people that were thrown out of their on their ass because now they don't have enough money to support this, you know, dot com uh, business that they had just started. That's, you know, the technology is not really there for it anyways yet. And uh, afterwards, people kind of learned it was like, OK, well, you know, maybe we have to build up some capital before we can go public and stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, at so, least at least there's some good lessons to be made out of it, but yeah, it's still gonna be it's gonna be a bloodbath. Yeah, I mean, so the 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 fallout of you know letting the economy reshape itself and not intervening is going to hurt. It's not like it's gonna be easy and everything's gonna get perfectly fixed, but it's way it's right. not even close to as bad as pumping twenty eight trillion dollars in the economy, bailing out the banks, and you know yeah, that's, that's, way that's terrible. Yeah, that's that's the only thing that will piss me off on uh, TikTok is every now and then the uh, the conservative conservatives are on there. I don't know how I ended up on their side of it, but uh, it was like, yeah, well, President Trump would have done this, and it's like you have to go back in the comments, and it was like, okay, no, he was the one who got the uh, got the uh, the Operation Warp Speed going. He was the one who got the twenty eight trillion dollars printed. It's like this is no, this is not a good thing. Yeah, no, I mean it's an, it's interesting, you know, like. I think conservatives would go along with the quote unquote correct conservative opinion if it was done. So like if, if there were a president who actually believed 
in limited government and gun rights and lower spending, I think conservatives would go along with it. So it's not that they're necessarily encouraging bad policies. And I'm, I'm talking about the voting population. Yeah. They're just completely inept at opposing, you know, <laughs> bad conservatives. Like if George Bush or Trump or yeah. some big government. Mitch McConnell. Yeah. They're just like completely inept at discerning who is actually conservative and who is just a liberal with an R next to his name. Yeah. Um, so I don't or know. Dan Crenshaw with a uh, eye patch over his eye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that fucking guy. <laughs> the amazing thing is like seeing Ted Cruz go on Tucker Carlson's show and Carlson like tearing him a new one and, you know, seeing Ted just squirm and not really know what to do. And then seeing like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene go after Dan Crenshaw. And, you know, those fissures are interesting to watch. Like that's exciting to me because they have all been on the same team recently, you know, like during yeah. Trump's presidency. It was all team GOP, and I was like, ugh. But now, like, seeing a little bit of cracks in the structure taking place and seeing people pick sides, that that's fascinating to watch. I'm enjoying that quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, that has been uh, quite interesting to watch, especially uh, you see some of the Republicans is like, oh, well, I'm not with the orange man. You know, it's like, yeah, but here you are campaigning for him, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see, like, the post-Trump republican movement like what you know which directions it's going um i don't know like i, I don't know what's going to happen next year like i or you know the next year and the year after like uh, I, I don't know who that new leader is going to be i don't know if it is going to be trump again like i feel like he would win just because his opposition is so weak but i feel like right. they could be better and find someone who you know, isn't going to be so wishy-washy once they get into power. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah, Tr Trump was a was a huge flip-flopper on a, on a great many things, but uh, it would be kind of worth it just to see the press uh, just just lose their shit over it. Just just completely go bananas if he makes that announcement. Yeah, I mean, if it's Hillary versus Trump 2.0. Oh, oh, my God. That's just going to be amazing. <laughs> and she'll lose, be... she'll lose again. It'll be, it'll be incredible. Oh, she'll explode. Like she'll literally explode. <laughs> she'll stand there on the stage, have that dumbfounded look. It was like, "What do you mean he won by ten points?" And then just boom. It's so funny because the the narrative I'm seeing is Hillary might be the only person who can beat Trump, and it's like, wait, hold on, Hillary's the only person who's lost to Trump. How is she the person, the only one who can beat him? Like I don't even get it. Like. I mean, regardless of what you think about the 2020 election, it is hilarious that Hillary lost to Trump and then a corpse who can't get like halfway through a sentence beats him. You know, like to me, that's just so hilarious that Hillary couldn't even beat that guy that lost to this guy. Yeah, it's just like, wow. Yeah. And the, on the Democrat side, they did like everything wrong. It was like, OK, we are the party that's against uh, old white people. Let's get an old white person to join. We hate cops. Let's get the biggest cop there is to be his vice president. <laughs> like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, man. Like the, yeah, the the twenty twenty election cycle was just so poorly done on both sides. I was like, oh, it was a circus. I just <laughs> couldn't believe like it was a race to the bottom. Like, as far as candidates go, as far as tactics went, as far as messaging went, it was just like, what are you guys doing? Like, this would be the easiest election for either of you to win like you've got trump 
and he he would be super easy to beat if you had the right person and you yeah. attack him in the right way. And then you've got Biden, and even though you have Trump on your side, like Biden is so easy to beat. Like he's such a weak candidate. There's so much, but they just like completely missed the mark on on yeah. all all points. It was it was incredible. Yeah, and Trump and Trump was basically beating himself because he was like he's like yeah, you know, we're not doing mail in ballots. You know, it's like. Republicans are old. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're old and scared of the germ. What are you doing? Of course, you tell them to go out there and mail twice. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know. It, it's um, you know, the the thing about the 2016 election that made me kind of like Trump was he was able to criticize Hillary as like the rot of D.C., the establishment that had screwed everyone over. I'm going to be the new guy and I'm going to come in and I'm going to shake things up. In 2020, like he just really couldn't do that because he was like he was president at the time. Th this is what was amazing. I remember seeing an ad that showed like cities on fire and riots taking place. And the caption was, this is Biden's America. And it was like, wait, Trump, you're president right now. <laughs> this isn't Biden's not president. Like this is your America right now. And I don't know, man, it was just like. It was incredible to watch. I was just like, wow, I should get a job at this because I could do so much better than these <laughs> idiots are doing. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have a fancy uh, political science degree, and that's what you need, you know, to, in order to get one over on the people, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, the uh, the degrees. I don't have any degrees, actually, so, you know, I'm useless, basically. I'm just, uh, just a candle in the wind. Just, uh, uh, you know, the, the second best truck driver, I guess, is, uh, is where you're at, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> Stay like in your pocket. <laughs> like you know, we were saying uh, the 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 position for first switches, but I'm always second. So you know, top lobster. As long as he's never first, that right. means he's always below me because I'm always number two. So might be Tommy, might be uh, you know uh, Quincy. Uh, you don't know who's going to take that top spot, but you always know. You know, his, his name's misleading. It's really bottom lobster. Like he's he's always below second. So. Talking a bunch of trash about Top Lobster on the show. Gotta love it. Sorry, I do it to his face, so I feel I feel fine trashing people as long as I do it to their face too. So. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's totally fine. That's how we, that's how we did it in the nineties. Like, yeah. hey, if you got a problem, I'm gonna come right up to you and I'm gonna say what I have the problem with. You know. Yeah, and it's like I'm telling you this so I can do it behind your back with a clear conscience. Just know that's why I'm telling you to your face. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna let you know everything I'm about to tell that girl over there that I know about you. Yeah. Exactly. So that you're not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of Top Lobster and uh, getting stuff done, apparently they've uh, they've spun Burt Kreischer to come on the show. Was I seeing that correctly? Yeah. So I need to actually learn who this guy is. I feel embarrassed, but I haven't known <laughs> anything about him. And I just saw that we were we started interacting with him like a week ago with the with the Tower Gang account and all of us. And everyone's like, we got to get this guy on our show. And I'm like, sure, yeah, okay. So I still need to find out who this guy is because I don't know anything about him. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he uh, does a podcast with uh, Tom Segura called uh, Two Bears, One Cave. Uh, but most notably, the movie Van Wilder was based off of his life at Florida University. So, okay. yeah, he's like a big old party animal. And then he had that story, The Machine, that they're actually making into a movie right now where he robbed a train in Russia with the Russian mob. So. <laughs> Okay, well, I got some uh, I got some research to do, but I'll uh, I'll be all caught up by the time he comes on the show, so I'll be ready to roar. But 
Yeah, I saw that and I was like, there's like no way. There's no way. And then it was like, oh no, he did it. He totally is committed to come on. I was like, all right, more power to you guys. Yeah, man, I, I hate Twitter, but uh, I also love it at the same time. And part of the reason I love it is that type of thing. Like Maria Farmer coming on my show, that was absolutely. That was insane. a fantastic episode, by the way. But I, uh, to, I had to listen to that one at, at regular speed. Normally yeah. I listen to everything at 2x. I was like, no, I'm going to miss a detail. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was just completely off the cuff on Twitter. Like, hey, you want to come on my show? Sure. Uh, I mean, I've had a few like that. Like, Mick Gillespie was that way. I think Abby Martin was that way. Um, I, I didn't know people who knew her, but that was how I officially invited her. And then uh, there was uh, a few others. But, yeah, it, it's amazing. Like, you never know. Uh, Whitney Webb. I've been in contact with Whitney Webb. She's going to come on my show. That was the same way, just through Twitter. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, that's like uh, – that was – probably one of the best things I did ever uh, after starting the podcast in 2017. I was like, okay, well, I know some of these people on Twitter. I was like, okay, I see they have open DMs. Let me just throw them a DM real quick. What's the worst they're going to say? No or not answer it? That's, that's fine. You know, yep. I'm still living. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that's uh, how most of the – like, that's how I became friends with Dave was on Twitter. Uh, and, you know, that had – without dave like there's no way i'd be where i am right now like that exposure you get from being friends with dave is huge yeah so i was just that was all through like i was in the right place at the right time saying the right thing and then he saw it and then we ended up becoming friends eventually like so twitter as much as it's uh been a hellhole and a drama queen show it has like really given a lot too for sure yeah it's uh one of those things about Twitter is it's like when I come on there, I want to make my friends laugh first and then I'll go after some kind of blue check because that way I can kind of justify the balance, you know? Yeah. Because if I was on there just to go after blue checks all day long, I would probably put a shotgun barrel in my mouth and just call it a day. <laughs> yeah. It's like these people are never going to learn. I'm not going to be able to teach them. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've gone after the blue checks. It's fun. Uh, I don't know how, but on my old account, like I would harass the shit out of Marianne Williamson, and she never blocked. That was classic, classic. But uh, she made some stupid tweet after the Rittenhouse verdict on my new account, saying like, "Oh, this proves that we're still a racist nation." You know, like just like, go. How he shot white guys. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, all of them were white. I told her to shut the fuck up again on my new account. And then she yeah. blocked me, so I, I I can't do that on this new account, I guess. Uh, so another one with Road to Providence with David Brady. Uh, I like Twitter because I got to meet Reed and the Tower Gang guys. Yeah. <laughs> hey, every, the, the top of the mountain is different for everybody. So uh, you that's know, true. All, all power to Dave for that. <laughs> and then uh, Shannon Lee, who's been in the in the chat for the last few episodes. Uh, did y'all see Dan Smott's ad about Dave Smith? Yes, I did, and it is yeah. hilarious. Yeah, that's uh, Dave. So Dave's gonna have to. Like, I don't know if he's going to keep ignoring him now after this. Like, some he's got to have, like, some... You can't. We all retweeted it. <laughs> well, I know, but now it's going to be, like, part of the joke. Like, it's become a thing. Like, I think now Dave has to have Dan on his show. Oh, something. it just never go on his? Yeah. There's something, something's got to happen. Like, there, I mean, this has become so epic. It's been almost a year in the making. So, I don't know. So, some, something weird's got to happen. <laughs> something weird has definitely got to happen. That's that, just for sure. Yeah, and uh, the Tom Woods uh, 2000 event was pretty weird because we got to see everybody there, so it was pretty wild. Yeah, that was nuts, man. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was that was really cool. Like I'd uh, I'd been to Pork Fest and Freedom Fest, but I think 
most of the people that I interact with on Twitter were at Tom Woods 2000. It was just weird, like, oh, hey, I'm next to John Smith and Jose Gallison and Eric and, you know, yeah. everybody is here. This is, <laughs> this is so weird. It's like being on Twitter, but in real life. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like everyone's like, "Well, did you watch the show?" I was like, "No, all of the fun was happening out in that hallway." Yeah, like you watch the show in a couple months when it's out on uh, YouTube or whatever, like. Which is what I did. I was like, "Oh, I missed that." Okay. <laughs> I was like, "No, I was too busy getting my uh, drink spilled by Liberty Thought out in the hallway." So. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Clint, for bringing your uh, woman drama into the Liberty Movement. That's incredible. But. <laughs> I mean. No, no liberty movement would be complete without woman drama. So, it's <laughs> true, man. That was uh, that was a fun night, though. That was, that was a lot of fun. It was a fun whole weekend. But uh, uh, I think the funniest part was I remember we were like, there were like ten of us in that hot tub out back. Oh yeah, it was super like homoerotic or whatever, and we were all talking about Ryan Dawson, who gets like really weirded out by the the gay jokes and the homo stuff. And I was just like, man, I wish. <laughs> Someone should take a video about this, and we should send it to him. Be like, "Hey, Ryan." <laughs> Ryan, we were thinking about you. There was not a soft dick in the whole pool. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> That'd be kind of fun to say. It's like, oh, well, you know the you know bell ringing. They 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 put you up to this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's probably a good place to drop it off. Uh, go ahead, read uh, "Grift" as much as you want, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I have nothing interesting to say. I'm just here to grift, so uh, we'll go yes, with that. Exactly. Um, yeah, well, you can you can buy merchandise from toplobster.com. I've got all the naturalist capitalist merch up there, so make sure you go check that out. Uh, there's going to be new items coming into the store soon. Nice. Uh, I have a Patreon now. I'll send you a – well, I guess this is live. So I, I just look up Patreon, read Coverdale. You'll find me. I've only got a few patrons. Uh don't have any uh exclusive content yet i'm still trying to figure out how i'm going to go about that but then yeah subscribe to me on youtube the naturalist capitalist same on uh sorry uh odyssey naturalist capitalist and then i'm on all the audio feeds like i was saying apple uh spotify uh all those can find me under naturalist capitalist and and follow me on twitter and now i'm at reed underscore coverdale uh, and then I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Gab, Float, uh, Locals, all over the place. I've got a link tree in my bio on Twitter. So just quick, uh, click the link tree and you can yeah, there you find go. everything right there. That's just the easiest way to do it. Yeah. And after the show, guys, I'll, I'll put the uh, the link tree down in the show notes so that uh, you don't have to go hunting all over the Internet to go find it. So, <laughs> But, uh, Reed, thanks a lot for coming on, buddy. We'll see you around yeah. the timeline. All right. Thanks, Eric. All right. We'll see you. All right, and there he goes. Uh, I, too, have a Cointree link thing, uh, which you'll also find down in the show notes after the show has uh, ended. And, guys, uh, thanks for uh, coming on uh, tomorrow night. It's going to be me and Lincoln again. We'll break down the third episode of The Book of Boba Fett. So, uh, so far, uh, the first episode has been kind of a letdown. The second episode was a big improvement. So I'm really excited to see where they're going to take the series from here. So anyways, guys, take it easy, and we'll come at you next time with a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause. Out.